All right. Well, we are excited this morning uh, to have, well, let's separate. You, you know how there's the verse about how you have to separate the, the sin from the sinner? I want us to separate the speaker from this blasphemy that he has behind us with his Dallas Cowboy man cave. So we welcome Leroy and not his football rooting interest. Good morning, Leroy. Uh, good morning. Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad to be separated from my sin right now. I didn't know where Kurt was going with that. Yeah, me, right there. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's good to be here, y'all. Um, and um, we've been going through Acts, and uh, today we're going to do a little portion of Acts 16. Um, and uh, I, I've been following along a little bit and, and, and have appreciated the messages. Um, as you know, Acts is kind of the start of, of this, this new movement this that uh, eventually becomes what we call the church, right? And so... In, in verse in 16, though, I want to I want to concentrate on a couple of things and I'll read uh, just uh, a couple verses. Uh, Paul came to Derby uh, uh, and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on a journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. The second part I want to read is uh, verse starts at verse 11. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to, uh, I don't know this word, Samothrace. And the next day we went to Neop Neopolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city in that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there seven days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house as she persuaded us. And as she's persuaded us. So um, let's, uh, let's, 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 let's uh, jump around in here a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to I'm try to be pretty short, shorter than usual, Leroy message, so that we can have some combo, right? Uh, so, so if you pray, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll meet that, meet that deal. So, um, so Paul um, is following the examples that Jesus uh, uh, had been setting as this, as the church grows and moves forward, and that is, that is this example of uh, not looking necessarily inside for leaders, right? Uh, for folks who were to join the church, right? That Jesus uh, was, was on the periphery, on the margins, right? And, and looking for people and bringing people uh, uh, to join this movement of the way, right? Uh, we know Jesus 
added folks from the outside consistently. That's probably one of the consistent things that we know about Jesus, right? Uh, the disciples, outsiders, right? Uh, woman at the well, outsiders, woman at Canaan, right? Uh, man born blind, all of these folks. This, most of the stories are stories of people outside. So Paul picks up this practice, right? Um, and, and, and he is he is actually doing this pretty well. And, uh, and in this chapter, we see uh, two figures, Timothy, uh, and then we see Lydia. Uh, Timothy, um, this, this outsider, he, he becomes a leader. He's pulled in based on the training of his mom and his grandma, right? Uh, Lydia is sitting outside uh, with a group of women outside the city walls, right? And so these folks are added uh, to the church uh, from this outside space. Uh, Timothy, uh, now, it's interesting uh, that we, um, we, we, we generally, this, this, this type of training wasn't the same training that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had received, right? Or the scribes, right? Or, or those who were, as Paul would say, um, uh, uh, Pharisee, you know, rule, he, you know, Paul said, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? These groups of folks weren't, weren't from those places. They were trained differently. Uh, and, and that's interesting to note. Um, that that Paul keeps picking out these type of people. Now, uh, and we know this new movement, it keeps breaking the social norms, right? Uh, that that anytime like we think, oh, Jesus is going to go here, he, hey, I must go through Samaria, or uh, I got to talk to this woman of Canaan, or uh, he winds him, he winds up outside with this man born blind, or 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 he he. He's in church, but he's talking about a woman who only gives a penny, right? So, so the, the social norms are consistently being broken. Um, Jesus, if we know anything else we can know, that he broke the Pharisee and Sadducee system, right? Uh, that that he, he literally broke that system down and worked outside of it. Uh, uh, consequently, I think we have returned to that system, right? Uh, uh, that 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 we 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 love seminarians, right? Uh, I, I I think there's three seminarians sitting before you. We represent. We don't represent the system that Jesus uh, <laughs> that Jesus put in place, right? So uh, so uh, maybe somebody else should be preaching right now. Though, but but I'll, I'll continue. Uh, so 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 so. Timothy winds up leading the church at Ephesus, right? Check out his credentials. Paul sees him met by his mama and his grandmama. They were, they were great followers of the way. And Paul said, that's it. Let's go. I want that young man. He's got something, right? Um, uh, 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 this idea of liberation, uh, and I want to bring that into this, this focus, uh, uh, looks outside the walls, outside the system, and finds folks and brings them in to be the first elders and rulers and deacons or whatever we want to call them of this new church expression. This this the way. Remember, Roman the, uh, the, the, that Rome was a colony, right? A colonized place. 
Um, and it seemed like their, their purpose was here to defy that power, right? Uh, uh, to show that that earthly power wasn't the one that, that, that is gonna get things done in, in this new way, in this new life that Jesus wanted to, wanted to bring out. So, so, so what does outside, it says that Paul and these folks went outside the city gates. What does outside the gates look like for us today, right? Um, uh, how about we establish outside? What would that look like? Would that, would that be black, right? Would that be women? Would that be queer? Would that be young? Would that be poor? Would that be folks who didn't go to seminary? Would that be people who rent their homes instead of own them? Would that be folks who rode on the bus every day? Would that be people who didn't have health insurance? Who, who would build something based on that list I just made? Would we look to establish a new church that way? See, we don't, like, like we, we can't even always fathom starting something with that particular group sitting outside the walls. Black women, queer, young, poor, non-seminarians, non-homeowners, non-car owners, non-insured, right? Well, how could we start something with that kind of group of people? But that is exactly, exactly how Jesus started the church and what Paul picks up in. They were outside, literally, the city gates. So Paul runs into some folks out there. He runs in to these women that were gathered there um, outside the city gates. And it says Lydia was there. Lydia is an interesting figure here. Lydia was a business owner. Lydia actually had uh, in cachet inside the gates, right? Like, like, like she dealt in purple. But here she was sitting outside the gates with women, worshiping. It says she was a worshiper. Paul meets Lydia. Paul, they have a conversation. She gets baptized, right? And, uh, and then it says she has this request. She says, uh, you need to come to my house. I, I like, like I, here's the point I wanna, wanna make here, I wanna dive into a little bit. She is already a worshiper. She's already like uh, understanding God. Even though she's a businesswoman, she's already outside. She's sitting outside the city gates with this group of women. Paul comes along and starts, obviously, you know, it says, I, I would imagine he talks about Jesus and he connects some things for her and she, and she gets baptized. But she, 
Um, it's almost like a business transaction is happening. She goes, okay, uh, it, uh, uh, I will be baptized, but here's what you got to do. You got to come to my house. Right? I'll do your baptism thing. You come to my house. Right? Uh, 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 like, like, that to me speaks volumes. She goes, like, almost like, yeah, um, uh, I, will, I will do your thing if you have dinner. Like, I'll do your theology if you eat at my house, right? I'll, I'll do your seminary if you eat at my house, right? I'll, 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 I'll say your sinner's prayer if you eat at my house, right? This idea, um, uh, uh, here's what I want to do. Marginalized and outside folks have done things, right, uh, uh, for majority culture um, uh, and have been waiting for us to come over for dinner, right? Uh, uh, and so uh, while POC go to our seminaries, we have not gone to their houses, right? Uh, while POC and marginalized folks uh, uh, go through our rituals and all these kind of things, we don't go to their houses. Lydia, Lydia was smart. She made a transaction. She said she like I would even imagine she might have even known I like uh, because she was a worshiper. There's going to be some theology here. There's going to be something, but I want to drive it deeper. I want a relationship. I want you at my dinner table. I want you in my neighborhood. I want you in my community. I want you to accept my family for who we are. So I'll do your baptism. You do my house. Whose house have you gone over to? Who has done your baptism? Who has done your music? Who has done your church service? Who has, who, who, who has come your way? See, see, I don't think, I don't think uh, many uh, in, especially the white, white evangelical circles, have gone to other people's houses. Yeah, we won't have a long service. We won't be loud. We won't hang out in the neighborhood. We won't welcome immigrants. We, we won't pay equal wages. Well, well, why won't you go to somebody else's house? Put things into practice. There's one. There's there's one thing to uh, to to ex for someone to like sign on to your way. There's another thing to go have dinner at their house, in their communities, in their neighborhood, in their culture. So Paul goes. Paul puts this into practice. The, 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 uh, the exchange is complete. She's baptized. He goes to dinner. And he goes to dinner. Paul goes where she lives, meets her folks, sits at her table. And guess what? A church is born. This is actually the start of the Philippian church. 
Lydia is one of the founders of that church. And later on, we see, if, if you go through Philippians, I want you to go and check out kind of the uniqueness of Philippians and the depth to which Paul connects with that church and who they become in that space. I think, I think this church uh, becomes such a strong center uh, and place for Paul because Paul goes and he understands and he learns and he gets a nuance from Lydia and the women around him and the folks around him to dive deeper into what it means for this church. In Philippians 4, we hear Paul say, hey, I pray, I want you, I plead for these women, right? Uh, yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul, uh, when he writes back to the Philippian church, he says, hey, y'all take care of these women because like they held it down. Moreover, you Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the, in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid far for more than once when I was in need. Paul says, hey, there's something special about this church. And I think I think the depth in the relationship that Paul had with Philippians came because he went and sat and understood where Lydia was coming from. I think uh, a theology rose out of this place. A group of women became the founders and foundation of a church that began to meet its goals. In fact, Paul got thrown into prison right after this, right? Uh, and he was beaten. And we watched this story unfold of, uh, 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 of, of him and Silas getting beaten and thrown into prison and all of these singing and songs happened, all this great stuff. But then when he got released, it says Paul went back to Lydia's house. There is a... Uh, I think there's a um, there's a depth to this, and I think uh, what I what 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 I'd like to explore is this idea that um, the theology that we read, the stuff that we take and it becomes foundational for our theology out of a book like Philippians, was born out of the context of Lydia's house. That that that. Perhaps theology, perhaps our understanding of God, perhaps how we know and, and drive deeper in relationships comes out of actually having relationships. Right? That for so long I read the Bible as like, here are the rules coming at me. Here are, here are, here are the things that I need to follow. Here are the things I need to do as opposed to, oh, here was the life they built together. And out of that life came this context that, um, that can uh, inform my life. Not as a rule, but as a, as, as, as a guide to how how context and relationships can build in. 
So it's not it's not the typical Leroy message today. I just I I I I wrestling with this idea of how theology is born. And if Acts begins to shape what this looks like and what we follow, perhaps deeper theology can be born out of our lives as we dive into deeper relationships, as we go to the houses of the Lydia's of our lives and let that begin to shape um, how we understand and know God. Amen. Thank you, Leroy. Uh, and it's great too to see that uh, the number of comments and people that we have that are here, the resonance with the language of relationship um, over rules. I mean, Ron just said how much of the church is about truly listening and how much of it is about setting out rules. Uh, and I'm interested even for you, Leroy, having just preached that message, the, even the difference in stated and unstated rules. Because um, the stated rules can be just as oppressive and difficult, but at least they're out in the open. But some of the hardest work churches have to do and societies have to do is understanding the unwritten rules about, as Insel asked the question, who has the power to invite? Who's inviter, who's invitee? How does that role play out? So um, yeah, inter any, any thoughts on that, Leroy? And you're muted. Yeah, that's, the, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, I think the, the power of invitation, I, I love that. I, I didn't see that comment, but I think um, Lydia leverages her power, right? Uh, uh, in this, in this situation and, and and, and and almost meets him halfway, right? I, I I I am thinking she went, she agreed with what Paul was preaching, but that she knew it need to it needed to go deeper. There, she was with a group of women. She might have been a woman who had some had some access and had some privilege, but to say like to insist, and it says that she convinced them that they needed to go to her house, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And I think I think that. Um, that invitation um, um, uh, uh, sits there, and I, I, I want to I want to liken it to uh, probably a, a story about my mom. Right, my mom is like hospitality hospitality on steroids. Right, uh, always right, ready to prepare a meal, always cooking, always like, hey, have them come over. That's why I've learned early in life, like, oh, I could just invite somebody over for dinner and my mom will hook it up when we get there, right? <laughs> and I'll let her know. And so, so I think there is something built into, uh, and I, I, I wouldn't even stretch it and go mamas of color, right? Uh, mamas who, who have this, uh, this invitational spirit, this hospitality spirit. Um, uh, to, to bring us in and draw us in uh, in a way so that we can learn and deepen uh, and deepen ourselves and deepen our relationships with each other. So um, I think, I think uh, yeah, that's kind of what comes to mind out of that. Yeah, it also feels like a, a safety against building a theology that is just ideological because if it's relational first, then that informs the kind of shared values and ideology you have, where if you build an ideology first, you are intentionally and unintentionally excluding so many people because the ideological, the ideas are more important than the relationships. 
But if you center around a dinner table, you, you can't do that. Right. You can't make ideas the most important thing when you're face to face and in, in, in a, or you've created an environment where people can truly be known um, and can share who they really are. Because um, as Sarah mentioned here, you, you think of churches that are um, welcoming of everyone in the LGBTQI um, population, but not affirming. Mm-hmm. That's an ideological center, not a relational center. Mm-hmm. This idea is so important that, of course, you're welcome here, but, but you don't belong here. Whereas if it's a relational at its core, you would see that all of the teachings of Jesus, like where well, there's really good fruit in all of these humans, what are we doing excluding them because of this idea that was passed down to us or we received? Uh, so it, it, it has huge impact into all kinds of uh, areas of church. Yeah, I think that's a, I, I think you make a really good point. Yeah, I, you know, um, so I know so many people, and I'm gonna use this example who um, uh, in conservative spaces who, you know, they are against kind of, uh, uh, queer folks, right, uh, in, on a number of levels. And I asked them, have you, do you know anyone? Have you sat at a dinner table? Have you had a conversation? Have you gone to see it, have a beer? Have you, right? Uh, have you, have you walked through, um, someone wrestling with this in their life and how they, how they come out if they, like, like, have you done any of that? And if you haven't, of course your theology is just a rule, right? Um, and it, and it doesn't take that into effect. And so, um, yeah, I think, I, I think you're, I think you're right. Not, I didn't, I didn't get into this cause it would have made the sermon a lot longer, but, um, but, but Kurt did that for you. And Here I, it is. I really want I really wanted to, to model something different today. So, but, but the, the, the Paul, when Paul in that same chapter, right. Paul circumcises Timothy, right for the context in which they were going. Because in the Galatian scripture, Paul says, who told you about this foolishness of circumcision? Don't get circumcised, right? Those two, those two, 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 two instances are very different, but they're based on relationship and context. Timothy, mm-hmm. sorry, bro, we're gonna have to, you're gonna have to do this because of where we're going, right? Uh, and then to the Galatians, don't do that. That's foolishness for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there is some, there's even in, in what we're reading, this whole relational contextual piece that, that, um, that I think is important to our theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I like your normal messages too. Yeah, I like that you did something different, but uh, it's great. <laughs>